Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily. I presume most of you have switched off now you heard Paul isn't here. And neither's Andy. <laughs> Just to hammer it home, mate, Charlie. Charlie Hi. Baker. Hello. Um, and so coming up, for those of you that are still with us, thanks so much, we appreciate it. Uh, our bits, Charlie. Yeah, lovely. They were really mega good. Megalols. Real bits there. Even, they were even more people turning off because I said megalols. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, actually. <laughs> um, uh, Jonathan Wilson came on to talk about the history of the offside law. and The um, Abingdon United manager came on to talk about their, their derby with Abingdon Town when mm. one of the teams left at half-time. Yeah, and uh, you had some good stories from you lot as well yeah. about times you've... Uh, wandered off the pitch because you weren't having fun anymore. And that'll do, you know, yeah. it's New Year's Eve it's tomorrow. It's a lovely show. It's a really nice show to do. It's a nice one to listen to. And we just hope you have a lovely evening or morning or just afternoon, whatever you want. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Max. How are you? I'm fine, thanks very much. Very good, very good. Yeah. Um, we, we've been having a lot of... Do you know what? Football's really cheered me up. In what way? I had a terrible, I had a, I had a terrible doom come across me the oh, last few weeks. I do. And I've, no, I've been working I, with me for uh, this mainly, long. Mainly from working with you on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, been, been, I don't know. I didn't know what it was. Just a, like a little tug in the back of my mind right. every time I thought I felt relaxed. Okay. And I realised it was because Torquay United lost seven in a row. Yeah. And I only realised this because we won. We won this week. Okay. We won had, you, had your expectations got to such a level where yeah. you just decided, you know, with Cambridge, right? I'm, I never expect a victory. Yeah. You know, ever, ever, ever. So, I mean, we absolutely thrashed Morecambe. Yeah. Second bottom Morecambe, 1 0. Yesterday, I mean, we kill, oh, we killed him. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. superb. Oh, well, and and uh, but I never have any expectations. Well, we I have been having expectations because okay. we walked the National League South Max, mm-hmm. and then we we've now got into the National League, and we've been mm-hmm. doing really really well. Mm-hmm. Lost seven in a row, terrible. Didn't realise it was depressing me so much. Bang, we win four one sa- on game the game day of the day on Saturday, oh, and it was tremendous. bang. What a what a treat! I'm back in love with football again, Max. Um, so normally Andy does the Daily Star, right? Oh, you right, know, when he? they they split the he doesn't edit it. <laughs> he might, <laughs> might do, but yeah, you know, they split the newspapers. Oh, right? yeah. So so when I sit in, I read. I, I don't get that one. Oh, it's, uh, there's so much goodwill and good cheer in the Daily Star. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. the, the letters page is quite something. 
<clears throat> this is from Mal. Uh, if anybody who works on a question of sport is listening and wants a real boost to take you into 2020, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, look away now. What a breath of fresh air, says Mal, to see the special programme about a question of sport. They played the game properly and captains and guests were proper sports people. Yeah, yeah. They played the game properly. Yeah. Uh, it's a quiz show, Mal, but it's all right. Now it's the Dawson and Tufnell show. Messing about, taking ages answering the questions. Mm. Sue Barker is powerless and she does does nothing. I never watch it now. How do you oh. know then? Because who is because of who is on? It has become a joke. Gone in with both there, feet. There, there is he? Mal. Really, is Mal has left his studs up <laughs> on question of sport. Mm. Sue Barker um, from Painton, Max, yeah. of course, but you knew that. Yeah, um, I didn't, and I don't <laughs> care either. Steve in London. BBC score on Saturday for just three matches. No BBC score on Sunday for the whole of the other three divisions. Clueless BBC. Oh, so much happiness oh, on this page. Just tune in to talk sport. Yeah. Alan in Teesdale, really, really catching the, the tone of 2019 really? and, and how we discuss things now. Who are they getting to write the storylines on BBC Night TV? Manic depressives. I thought, Alan, not quite reading the room, <laughs> are you, Alan? With, you know, with how we view... What uh, storylines? I don't know. All, all, all storylines. All storylines. Well, look, oh, everybody so can be go. affected by mental health <laughs> issues, Max. Absolutely, they can. Uh, but, but Alan, clearly, Alan in Teasdale, not having a bar of that. Doesn't want any of it. Um, uh, now, you've had two ideas for uh, the show. Always worrying, isn't it? It is, it is a great worry, but, you know, um, I'm on every day for the next yeah. four years, so I've run out of ideas. Right, well, okay. I think the, the David Moyes one was a joint effort, but the, 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 the aftershave one is better. Oh, yeah, well, my son, my son for Christmas, he's mm-hmm. 12, yeah. he got some uh, David Beckham aftershave. Okay. It's is very it, nice, isn't it? Is it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an aftershave guy. Got some aftershave, aftershave, aftershave and deodorant, okay. which makes a change from constant spray of Lynx Africa okay, okay. over everything. So um, it's a step up, is it? It's a little over bit everything, of a step. not over dinner, I oh, presume. That <laughs> age of boy, yeah. everything is Lynx is Africa. It next to the salt and pepper. It's <laughs> just everything. Wow. On it. Okay. Do, do, yeah. do, 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 do. There is um, there is in a in a football dressing room, certainly at amateur level. Yeah. There is a, a huge lack of etiquette with players covering themselves in deer and there are small rooms at my yeah. level of football and really if you are going to spray that much leave the room you think I think so I think it's really discourteous I like the smell of uh, deep heat yeah I like the smell of deep heat that's fine that's like nostalgic it's lovely, isn't it? smell. Yeah. So, so you I, don't think anyone should put on deodorant after the anyway it's, a, it's another, another discussion, Max. That is another, that's for another day. So we got this beautiful aftershave yeah. for, for Christmas yeah. and I thought why is it only David Beckham right. that has aftershave yeah. named after him Max mm-hmm. other players should also have aftershaves, should shouldn't they? they? You know, that's yeah. how we think. And you've said, oh no, we should come up with names for those aftershaves. Aftershaves for footballers. So um, I've, um, I've said uh, Calamity from Roberto Jimenez, the West Ham goalkeeper. Okay, that's nice. I mean, that, Mustafi also wears that, I believe. <laughs> um, uh, this is from uh, Ed, says Beans on Toast by Paul Merson. That's nice, isn't that's it? lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, James says uh, Simulation by Jack Grealish. I mean, Oof, that's, that's a shame. Could be a... Uh, <laughs> socks, socks Down. Uh, by Jack Grealish <laughs> Socks Down by Steve Claridge yeah. Brute by Ian Dowie <laughs> uh, uh, so they're not I think there's real Cut Inside says Harry by Iron Robin oh that's nice that is really that's good uh, so, gr- we've got uh, Matt from the Sussex countryside has been on he's saying mm-hmm. Gruff by Sean Dash. Uh, gruff by Sean yeah it's nice this Christmas he says spicy with a with pleasant earthy undertones 
Um, yeah, and and the hint of worm, if you remember the rumour that Sean Dyche ate worms when Does he it? was playing. When he was, I don't know if it's true, uh, but someone came out and said when he was when he played alongside Sean Dyche, he would he you know just wander around the pitch eating worms. Oh, lovely, for bands, lovely, wouldn't I it? guess. Yeah. Uh, Dan says Lagoon by Phil Jones. Uh, <laughs> That's nice. Spurs says uh, Gloves by Pascal Timbonda. They're really nice. Jim Mystery by Ian Culverhouse. Thank you, Jim. Oh, yes. um, so look, keep them coming, please. Footballers. The other one is obviously the second coming of David Moyes. Mm. And we were saying disappointing second comings. It's not like the Bible. People went, oh, it's Jesus. He's a, he's a good one. <laughs> People have gone one. with Moyes. Oh, I'm not oh. sure about that one. You know, had it been, you know, if Moyes had come back in biblical times, like, oh, got better prophets I mean, out there, aren't they? He's a safe pair of hands. He's a safe pair of hands. But is he going to change the world? Is I mean, it, you know, is he, he going to bring peace to our time? Is he? He, he? he fed us, he nearly fed us all with the loaves and fishes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But they only gave an eighteen-month contract, didn't they? <laughs> um, uh, listen, we uh, we will uh, get his press conference, which is in about an hour's time, um, and hear what he has to say. Uh, we're trying to convince the boss, who's a West Ham fan, to come on and give it. He's, he's very pro Moyes. He's pro Moyes. Or a few Jacob Steinberg from the Guardian, actually quite pro Moyes as well. But most West Ham fans, uh, you know, not overexcited. They're not like itching. Their next game is what Bournemouth is it? They're not like telling their kids oh come on got to get in there and see what Moyes does but I do wonder if we are I wonder if with, with football managers that we because there's a lot to take in in life isn't there there's a whole lot there's so many oh, things yeah. to think about that the only way we can sort of get through our day is by categorising managers we put them into little boxes and that's what, all big boxes depending on which manager but you know we put Big Sam, big Sam in, Allardyce. In that big, that he's, Sam and Moyes are in the same box, aren't they? You know, there's the sort of 50-plus British football manager. They all go in one box. And you have to be quite extraordinary. So Chris Wilder's got himself out of that box because he's exciting. Yeah. And he's sort of almost fallen into the Eddie Howe box. Yeah. And Eddie Howe is actually slipping out of the Howe box at the moment because Bournemouth are struggling. You've got that sort of Deitch is in a box of his own over there. And then you've got the sort of young, cool, hipster, jean-wearing Julian Nagelsmann yeah. boxes, you know, of which Hassan Hootel's in that box. Yeah. And actually, it might be more nuanced in the fact that, you know, managers will probably have some similarity. You know, trendy fashion managers do also like to defend, The for thing example. is with David Moyes, I can't see the successful track record. I cannot see, other than Everton, where yeah. he did yeah. well, you know, yeah. and he was there for a long time. Yeah. There's no track record. Is there? He had a, quite a good time at West Ham, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Quite a good time. So we've got that job on having quite a good time last time he was there. <coughs> so when have you gone back and how did it go? Yeah. Uh, this is a risky one and uh, we probably won't read them all out, but they may just amuse us. Um, but uh, uh, yes, when did you go back and how was it? Sporting or otherwise? And uh, In uh, life? And maybe to a restaurant? Of course, maybe to a I used to go back to Wilberswick every Easter. It was my parents' decision. I was young, but I quite enjoyed it. And aftershaves, Harv says, momentary lapse. By Scrudgeon Mustafi. That's a oh, nice one, isn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Let's remind ourselves or learn about the offside law with football writer uh, Jonathan Wilson. Wilson, hello. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, very good, thanks. Hi, uh, no, I believe you may have written um, a book about this, you probably have, uh, uh, the, the history of the offside law, because it's not necessarily VAR that's the problem, it's just exposed that offside law uh, hasn't isn't keeping up with it but when did offside begin Jonathan? Uh, it was uh, like from the beginning of the game back in December 1863 oh, uh, but in those days the offside law was anybody who was in front of the, the player with the ball so you couldn't pass the ball forward at all it was like rugby um, and then that was changed so that you then could, could play the ball to somebody who had uh, three defensive players between him and the goal 
925, that was changed to 2, and that's essentially the law as we have it now. But as you say, you know, what VAR has done, it only exposes a flaw in the law, because why would the law anticipate VAR? You know, it would have been insane to kind of anticipate that in 1863. Um, <laughs> what it means is that the interpretation of the law has changed, yeah. and it has produced a, you know, a, a situation which very few people seem to be comfortable with. Um, back in the day, uh, you know, were people outraged about the offside law coming in or changing? Do you remember? Remember? Well, 925 <laughs> is when we first sort of have you know, proper documentary evidence of what people thought. And it was very controversial at the time. Um, a lot of people thought it would lead to long-ball football. They, they, they thought that the sort of, the, you know, the way football was meant to be played in people's minds were, were sort of the, these, what we call the, the pattern-weaving passing approach. You pass it along the, 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 the front line. You get, get these sort of V-shaped uh, passes. So it looked look like, um, you know, a series of W stitched together. That was how football, you know, that's what beautiful football was considered to look like. Uh, what seems to have happened, and what you know, I argue in Inverting the Pyramids, which is the book you very kindly referred to, still an excellent Christmas present, still available, remarkably. Um, after the First World War, you got a load of people in managerial positions who would never have got that opportunity before the war that uh, the sort of the, uh, the carnage of the First World War wiped out the sort of the, the officer class, for one of the better better term, obviously wiped out a lot of the working classes as well. But it, what it meant was this great social flux because people had suddenly been thrust into managerial positions during the war uh, who wouldn't have had that opportunity before. And so Herb Chapman, the great Arsenal manager and Huddersfield manager, is a great example of that. that he, he, during the war, became manager of an armaments factory in Leeds. And his experience as a, as a manager of that factory was one of the reasons Huddersfield gave him a job after, after the war. Um, and so these were people who essentially they, they needed to win because they didn't have very much money and you had to keep winning to keep your job and the win bonuses were also important to you if you'd been comfortably off you played the game in a nice way but these were people who wanted to win and so they started to play the offside traps the goals per game decreased radically you know in, in that the first sort of four or five years after the war and that's why the, the law was changed and it was very controversial, and it created chaos in 25 6. If you look at the scores from 9.25-6, they're all over the place. You get, you know, 10 threes and 8 fours, and nobody could work out what to do. And then within three or four years, it had settled down, and Herbert Chapman was the person who adapted to it best. He changed from the sort of 2 3 5 formation everybody had been playing to, to the WM, which became the basis of all football really right through until the, the late 50s. So, do you think now? the same thing will happen, that we will get used to this over three or four years. I mean, I don't think now we've opened the Pandora's box of other that it, that, that it will go away. But do you think the offside law will change or needs to change now? Um, I think certainly it'll be looked at again. I mean, I suspect we would get used to it and, and sort of what outrages us now, we just sort of shrug off as being, you know, that, that's part of a game. And it may be that we have some minor tweaks to how, how it's implemented in the way that the cricket has. I and mean, I think... Uh, you know, DRS and cricket, I think, works exceptionally well now, but it didn't necessarily work very well when it was first brought in. But now we sort of we all understand the process. It's on the screen at games. We sort of you know, we follow the steps, and, and sort of it has been accepted, and it works pretty much as well as it can, and is clearly much more accurate than you know a you know a fifty year old that's been standing out in the sun for sixty for six hours. <laughs> um, so you know, in, in cricket, it works. And, Maybe football can learn from that. What I do think has happened, though, and this is the issue that needs addressing, we have to work out what we actually want, is that post the 1990 World Cup, offside began to be liberalised. People, people, you know, in 1990, 
a lot of people in England and Ireland and I guess Cameroon remember and West Germany remember that tournament very fondly. The rest of the world looked at the football and went, this is rubbish. It's really boring. There's a lot of negativity. And there were three major changes. One was the backpass law in 1992, which I think we all accept was a very, very positive thing for the game. One was a clampdown on, on tackling from behind, which I think, again, we'd all accept as being a positive. And the third one was, was loosening up offside. And one of, one of the, the ways that was done was to say, if you're, if you're level with, with that second-last defender, you're onside, whereas previously level had been offside. Now, what, what, what VAR has done is it's abolished level, essentially, yeah. because level is the line of a, you know, it's the width of a pixel on a screen. Um, so whereas you would have seen, you know, on, on match of the day or whatever on, on Sky, they would pause the, the tape as the pass is played and you'd see there's, there's the defender, there's the forward. Ah, they're pretty much in a line. Yes, that's, that's, that's onside. And you've got people got very excited by it. But fundamentally, most people look at it and go, ah, you know, linesmen can't possibly judge that. You know, it's, it's near enough. That's fine. And you had that margin of error was built in, although we you know, obviously didn't use that phrase. With VAR, you're now judging that down to a pixel. And what we found is we don't like it when one pixel being offside leads to goals being ruled out. This is the point, isn't so, it? You, you need, you need, you'd need straight lines all over the pitch because you're dealing with a straight line. And so goal line technology works because you're, you're, you're dealing with a physical line on the pitch. Whereas you, you're, if you're going to deal with millimetres on a straight line, you're not going to cover the pitch in straight lines. And so actually what you're doing is you're making the assistant referee completely pointless. No, I mean, that's actually changging. No, there is different. I mean, goal line technology works because the line is fixed. Uh, that's what I mean. You're, you're not going to cover the changed. pitch. Last season, it was done off a static camera. So what you're saying is absolutely true of last season. But they, um, uh, Hawkeye have worked to, to create sort of a 3D modelling. So actually, it can, it can um, uh, compensate for the angle of the camera. So no, that's actually not the issue. The issue is that they're working off um, TV footage runs at 30 frames per second and in that 0.02 seconds between frames and you see this on cricket as well and there's instance in the, in the test um, at Centurion just, just finished where um, there was a, an appeal for court behind and the ball passing the bat was actually between frames so you had the sound you could judge it but you couldn't actually see it on the screen because the, you know, the, the first frame is just before the ball reaches the bat, and the next frame is, is after the ball's already passed the bat. So you know, that, that's a problem. And if you have players running at 25 kph, which is not uncommon, that player can move 14 centimetres in that 0.02 seconds. If you have a defender going one way and a forward going the other way, you can double that. So you're talking about almost a foot of, of, of relative movement between frames. And so the idea you can then judge an offside to within you know a matter of millimeters a, a pixel on the screen when you've got this you know, 30 centimeter margin of error or a 30 centimeter gap between one frame and the next which is you know which is relevant to when the ball is played so yeah they will they they offer the the VAR officials three pictures um you know, three sequential frames to show when the ball is played and they choose the one that looks most like when the you know the, the final contact of foot on ball or head on ball is, and that is what it's judged from. But you know, obviously, that cannot always be precise, and so you do have this up to a thirty centimetre margin of error. So that that's that's the problem with it. So, Jonathan, in terms of how you judge it, what would you do? I mean, what what should we do? What what should I do? If anything, um, well, I think 
the, the, the solution that I'm saying this was suggesting yesterday, um, which is something that I, I know a couple of journalists, I think Rory Smith and New York Times suggested it, is that, that to try and get level back into the game, um, if, if you say if any part of the, of the forward is onside, then it's onside, rather than as it is at the moment. If any part of them is offside, it's offside. Now, you're still going to have these pixel-by-pixel calls. That's still going to be an issue. You might have, you know, the, the very, you know, a, a, a fragment of, of loose plastic on the back of Raheem Sterling's stud could play him mm. onside, potentially. Um, but you know, that's going to happen with, with technology. But, personally, I would feel, you know, given that the game, even for me, is more about scoring goals than, than you know, a good offside trap, I would rather it was skewed that way than the other. Now, it might be that you trial that and it turns out we get, you know, hundreds more goals a season. I don't think you would, and it probably should be tested. And that, that I think, is where, you know, the, there should be real sort of criticism of the authorities. So I, I don't feel it was ever properly tested because you know, people were talking about flame rates back in August. It became apparent to everybody immediately, hang on, this is the problem. And how did that never never crop up uh, when they were playtesting it? How has that not been such an issue in other leagues? Or what could people have learned from other leagues? And, and yet it seems to have sort of caught everybody by surprise where, you know, now, six months on, we're still talking about it, still saying, well, I don't really know what, what the solution is. And obviously it won't change now until until the end of the season, and, and nor should it. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for your time. Cheers, thank you. Thanks, Jonathan Wilson there, uh, journalist. And, uh, Sunderland fan, they won, didn't they? Beat Doncaster, big win for Sunderland. But yeah, uh, look, it'll go on and on and on. And you say, get rid of it. Uh, get, get, get rid of it for offsides. <laughs> yeah. It why, why, why are the assistant referees there if, if it's just going to go to them anyway? Yeah, you, know, they, you know, that's nice for day out for them. I know, but... You know, get a good view of the game. <laughs> but you watch, you know, you watch, did you watch the, the um, Old Firm derby yesterday? Yeah. And you watch... Games in the National League, Birmingham Leeds, and it's so fantastic. Uh, I agree with that. So exciting. It'll get better. It feels like a warm bath because there's no VAR. True, but it'll. it'll Every time a goal scored, you can actually go for it rather than go, oh, don't celebrate. It'll be all right. You know, just don't worry about (laughs) it. it. Uh, End of argument. (laughs) The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Here's a text. Breaking news. Moyes announces Stuart Pearce might be leaving the Sturmey Archers. Max, oh. can you comment? I have no comment uh, at this stage of proceedings. Remember, uh, in the last episode of Series 1 of the Sturmey Archers, oh, right. Stuart Pearce blew up the entire village with nuclear warheads. I, I, don't, I don't remember that. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> a bit of surprising lack of... Um, I thought there would be, you know, huge online petitions to keep uh, uh, <laughs> the Sturmey Archers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, no one really cared. We had the uh, the absolute best of the uh, uh, um, aftershaves. Oh yeah, uh, Ben Kirk hit the Chanel by Tony Pulis. Oh, that is really clever. Lovely. You're very play good at into this. the Chanel. Absolutely. Um, very very nice. Um, the high um high tower or the the tower. By Peter Crouch, we had on. Oh, yeah. Very yeah, nice, and, and the bottles one foot tall. <laughs> Lovely. Now you it? know um, you're looking to get you. You know you're looking to get fit, aren't you? In the, I am. In yeah, going to get summer. fit for the Euros. Absolutely. Um, Match fit. Hoping for a little call right. up. And Daily Star. Um, I don't know if you want to. You know why not go all in? The uh, the the new sport that is going to dominate is is set for world domination in oh, 2020. Right, yeah. um, Squash. This is Anthony Thrower writing. Forget football, rugby, and cricket. Bosses of bare knuckle boxing <laughs> say the sport is set. For, if you're going to go in, you know, go in full. Why not? And it's well, got a photo of three of the top bare knuckle boxers. As far as I can say, oh, yeah. one is significantly better than the other ones because his face still looks like a face. The other two, good looking uh, lads, are they? Well, the other two have had a bit of 
I mean, that's the issue, I think. As someone who's pretty inexperienced at being punched in the face, oh, right. with a glove or with a bare I mean, knuckle. Both of us would have, a, would, some would say both of us have a very punchable face, Max. <laughs> Many might like us to take part in bare Who's knuckle Who's got the boxing. most punchable face? Uh, 8, 10, 8, 9. That's a very good question. <laughs> 8, 10, 89, which of me or Charlie has the most, no, which talk sport, but let's open it up. Okay. Why not? Uh, all, the, all the mainline presenters, who has the most punchable face? Here we are. It's soared in popularity in recent years, with numbers watching live events exploding. Oh, from 150 people sitting in barns. That's not where you want to make your debut, is it? I don't think it's regulated. Barns in Surrey? Or, or is it in... <laughs> you wouldn't have thought that would be the hotbed of, of all the places. You Who know. you? Maybe Barnes Bridge, you know, is a little bit, you know. It's only a £5 million house in Barnes. In Barnes? You, what are you paying for a semi-detached pile over there? I assume but they mean a, a barn and a, far, and they a mean far, some farmer's yeah. land. Uh, it's moved, you know, from 150 people sitting in a barn to thousands packing out the indigo at the O2. Fans can't get enough as the boxers wear only thin hand straps as they pummel opponents, hitting bone on bone. Uh, They they say it's safer, though, don't they? Because you can't hit too hard because you break your hand, obviously. Is that right? Yeah, that's what they say. It's safer. Say the gloves make it a lot more dangerous. All right. Bare Knuckle Boxing is the only legal bare knuckle fighting company in the world and wants to take it mainstream. Um, The BNB. And it says that includes plans to book out Wembley Arena in 2020 for a mega night of fisticuffs. Do you think that'll be the tagline? (laughs) Do you think when it's it's on Sky Pay-Per-View it'll be a mega night of fisticuffs? Are they, um, (laughs) do they wear shorts and stuff as well? Is is the bare... No, completely, completely naked, Charlie. Bare knuckle. Absolutely. You're not allowed to stitch on. Not allowed. It'd be better, wouldn't it? Be um, better. Just I, some oil. Have, uh, just, just some oil. olive oil. That's and a two different... lads going at it with their fists <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> what you what you want to enjoy, Charlie, in your own time. Absolutely fine. Anyway, look, good luck to anybody who wants to get involved in that. It's not it doesn't sound like I just I'm just a bit soft. For those kind of things. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Nothing what at all. What are you all. pleased with Nothing yourself? <laughs> are you slightly pleased with yourself? No, not at all. You're dragging at my all. career into the gutter with you, Charlie <laughs> not Baker. At all. Not you... at all. Anyway. It's very difficult. I've got there to drag it up. There we go. High Karate by Eric Cantona. That's from Andy and Stoke. Hmm, nice. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Untouched by Salah. Invisible by Ozil. Clinical by Vardy. And Unrelenting by Kante. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Mark. <laughs> he's a, talking about punchable faces for talk sport. And he says, if you're talking about square footage, uh, there's only one choice. <laughs> That's not the idea. Anyway, um, who knows? Big Al Backard in the new year uh, on talk sports, uh, the saviour of the radio station. It's uh, Max Rushton. And Charlie Baker in for Paul and Andy today. And. Uh, um, we were here till four, and that's if... Uh, uh, we need an update from Georgie Bingham, who's apparently stuck in traffic. Uh, I may well be doing drive time. So at 3.59, I will suddenly get from oh, calm yeah. and relaxed about all of it to absolutely irate about David Moyes and VAR. And I look forward to that moment. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. You want some more uh, uh, festive cheer from the Daily Star's uh, text page? Always, always. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Jeff uh, Greg uh, says this. <laughs> Jeff and Greg's, is it? Or? It's not Jeff and Greg's. Um, yeah, yeah. So what next for Ben Stokes, Lord Mayor of London, <laughs> Prime Minister? <laughs> no, no, he's no, he's he's. He had a good year. He got given an. You may not agree with the honor system or not. That's completely up to you. Yeah. But that doesn't necess, doesn't necessarily follow, Jeff, that Ben Stokes will be made the Lord Mayor of London. Or be lovely, Prime wouldn't he, Lord Mayor of London? Do you think? Yeah. Be lovely at it, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, but he's, you know, he's going to be busy on New Year's Day, and that's the parade day. That is true for the Lord Mayor. What about? I went to the, the the thing after it. Oh, really? <laughs> the after <laughs> so party. So boring was it? After the Lord Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Oh no! He walked into that one. Oh, I was just looking up word. how you make rubber, Max. Uh, how do you make just rubber? Look, I was just looking. <laughs> oh, well, after you suggested it was made entirely from pig, and not Earlier. from pigs, not from okay. pigs, but uh, no. go on, carry on. Well, how do you make? You haven't looked it up yet. Not oh, that's fine. what no, you I'm, are, I'm on the, the radio. You're, you're in the process of doing. I can't. It's, um, Frank Warren said that Anthony Joshua should vacate all his world titles. Is that like vacating your hotel room? By <laughs> would you think he should vacate? Check it out. By, check it out by eleven. <laughs> by eleven, you're like, oh, by ten. Ring down a reception. We can get another hour. <clears throat> Anne P has been in touch with oh, the Daily yeah. Star. Uh, he's also not happy. Um, I know her brother, Mushy. Uh, t- yeah. Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, surely, surely there is. A, you know, how many does Charlie no have to one. do before he's sanctioned? There's before no. we rest him for a couple of weeks? <laughs> she carry on. That's what the Seriously? people want. Anne P. Totally ridiculous that Nadia Hussain has been made an MBE for services to broadcasting. She's only been on TV on and off for about three years and then only to present rubbish. Oh, there you go, Anne. So congratulations. <laughs> well done, Nadia, for all you've done. Uh, is she in the Daily brought, Star? That was, brought, Anne was in the Daily Star. Brought back it? down to earth. Uh, I've got yeah. a... Uh, you like a joke, don't you, uh, Charlie? I, I, um, I try. I, I think you'll like this one. Okay. This is sort of okay. See level. if I can guess it. That's what I like to do. Try and guess it. No, no, I don't want you to guess it. I like guessing it. Go on. Jeff in Tursdale has done the joke. Go on then, okay. guess it. No, all right, okay. I thought it was a knock knock. Who's no, there? No, no, no. He says you would guess it. Anyway, I've broke, I've broken my leg in two places. Don't go to those places. Yeah. I'm not going to those places anymore. Yeah, that's an old Tommy Cooper joke. Oh, yeah. what are the doctors? No, it's not. It's uh, it's Jeff in Tr- it's Thursday. Old, oh, what are the doctors? I said I feel like a wigwam and a TP. He said you're too tense. Oh dear. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, here's a here's a story. Thieves who raided a freezer at a house in Mildenhall, Suffolk, left after failing to find anything they wanted. Now I'm not. You know, oh. I'm not a robber, right? So I'm yeah. not an expert in this field. But surely when you break into someone's house, you go for... You don't say, I wonder if they've got a good stock in them. Deep-filled pizzas. Maybe they leave their sourdough bread in there. because it's, it's all chips. It, it, 
lasts for longer. What's this? Half a Viennetta? What sort of robber are you? <laughs> looking for sourdough bread. Well, yes. Well, what sort of robber are they? They went into the freezer. Some they? hipster what? robber <laughs> turning up on his penny farthing. <laughs> he wanted some hash browns. I wanted hash browns and I wanted some Finder's crispy pancakes. Well, surely, listen, my advice would be to go, you know, go for the white goods. Wouldn't you go for the, go for the television? Don't go into the freezer. Take the whole freezer if you want something. Most robbers Look. are just looking for car keys, Max. That's all they want. Is that car right? keys, nick the car off the oh, off is front. That right? That's what happens, yeah. That. Anyway, we don't recommend you do that, by the way. Don't give oh, anyone right. ideas. Um, uh, here's another story, oh, I good. believe, from the Daily Star. Um, toddlers shown pictures of vegetables are more likely to eat them. <laughs> Research at the University of Reading mm-hmm. found. I that's positive affirmation, you see, of the vegetable but being a good thing. How else do you serve a... I mean, surely toddlers are more likely to eat vegetables if they see them. So how else are you feeding your vegetable to a toddler? I don't have children, you do. Yeah. Do you blindfold your kids before you feed them, or do they see what they're about to eat? I, I mainly do the blindfold <laughs> method. It's just how it works. Just Actually, the blindfold is one of the reasons we got kids in the first place. Yeah, okay, I understand. <laughs> but hey, research at the University of Reading, this is, surely you have other things to do. Toddlers shown pictures of vegetables and more like, Surely yes, toddlers shown pictures of anything are more likely to eat the yeah. thing. Now, toddlers like, who can see the thing they're trying to eat are more likely to see they're uh, going to eat. Hey, um, yes. um, I know you don't like Scotland, Max, because you've really had a go at Scottish football today. Yes, yes, The Flying Scotsman. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the train. The yes. famous train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too slow, Max. Oh, Too is slow. It? it was once the fastest train to run on British rails, mm-hmm. a marvel of British engineering. The Flying Scotsman became the first locomotive in the country to reach speeds of 100 miles an hour, oh. 1934. Okay. However, the much-loved engine is in danger of being forced off the tracks by modern trains that are capable of reaching higher speeds. You don't start them off just behind them. I know, it's, it's like that. <laughs> that would be a silly idea. The, 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 the Scottish train is very much like championship trains, isn't it? It's, it's the, the level it's at. It's just that little bit slower, you know. Although, although you know, now the Premier League of trains, they stop them for VAR, yeah. don't they, at stations. Exactly, yeah. you, you're going to be so late. At least the Scottish one just flies straight flying through. through. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you to Danny, uh, Danny Mack in uh, Plymouth. Uh, I was getting oh, yeah. muddled up with pinching a punch for first of the month and jinx. Oh, so yeah, if you jinx. both say the same thing at the same time, mm. one of you says jinx, the other one can't say anything out loud until the other one says their name. That is not a good radio format. <laughs> it's a tricky one. That radio. would be terrible on radio, wouldn't it? If, <laughs> just at the start, he went, we both went, welcome to talk sport at the same time, jinx. Yeah. Silence. You'd really be that would be one of those where the two presenters really didn't get along and they were trying to undermine each other. Yeah, at the same time, really played by the rules of jinx. Really respecting the rules of jinx. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk to the Abingdon United manager, mm. uh, a man by the name of Mark Massingham. This all came from uh, well, I saw it on social media. I think from you, Charlie, where a man called it to you, Tom yeah, Ayres yeah. went to watch Abingdon United v Abingdon Town uh, for the local derby. Eight and at half time. And then uh, his second tweet was, absolute scenes, Abingdon Town have gone home. Game have abandoned. Uh, Mark Massingham uh, is the Abingdon United manager. Uh, how you doing, Mark? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Uh, very good. So you had a reasonably good first half. I mean, did, when did you notice that they weren't there? Ah. Uh. Probably about two minutes in, to be brutally honest. They, um, <laughs> yeah. We we you know we, we set up our, we set up right, and then we looked in a warm up, and they were you know, some of them were taking selfies and, and stuff like that. When we kind of thought, if we're at it, we're we have a good chance, and then tw- I think it was twelve minutes in, we're four nil up. Um, and yeah, it was it was hard to enjoy because it was there was a lot of people there to, to have a 
you know, the Christmas Day experience of a derby. And yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting. They went eight at the back, uh, twelve minutes in, and we were four new up. So what um, what so what level what level of the, the game? Hel- is? Hellenic Hellenic league. Okay, where West. is that? Where is that in the pyramid? Um, I think it's step five or step six, step one of the two. Okay, so this is a this is a this is a good level of football. You know, this isn't just a Sunday kickabout, right? This is you don't expect is, this to happen, right? I mean, a lot of the teams we play are, are very good budgets, playing budgets, so. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's 150, 200 supporters there paying a decent amount of money to watch a game. Um, you know, the, the first half was what it was. It was, it was, a, it was a training grounds experience, to be brutally honest. It was a tackle defence. And then yeah. half-time is when all the fun started, really. It was, um, you know, I, by the time I got from my dugout to the change rooms to talk, one of their players was already in his car, fully kitted in his car, captain's <laughs> armband flapping around, driving out. So it was... Uh, you know, it was interesting. Now, Abingdon isn't the, it's a, a nice town, not the biggest of places. So I'm, I'm assuming some of your players could have once played for them and and vice versa. Is there any? Is, is, has that well, happened at all? About ten years ago, I played for Abingdon Town, so right. there, there's a bit of crossover. Um, certainly in the coaching staff, we had we had played there. Um, a few few players have played for for both, maybe at younger age groups. So there was a bit of spice to it, as it should be in a derby. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, interesting. Did, no, they, did, did, did they say they were going home, or did you just see them all sort of no, filtering no. out one by one? Yeah, I, I probably had about a 60-yard walk from my dugout to there, and by one of their players is just, he's had a general jog off. He had jogged for the first 45 minutes. He had a general jog off, got in his car. He's left, and I, I'm looking at it thinking, what's going on? Next thing you know, my, my physio's come in and said, uh, five of their players have just left, game's off. So I obviously went out and said, what's going on? Yeah. Looking for their manager. Manager's left. He hadn't, he hadn't told the ref. He had told us. He just got in his car and, and cleared off. Do you think he still had his boots on, driving in his boots? <laughs> studs, studs. I, don't even, I don't even know if he was there at all, to be brutal. He didn't come in before the game. It, it, was, it was a weird one. and you know, I don't want to seem too disrespectful, because there were seven or eight of the Abner Town lads, young lads, yeah. that stayed behind. They come and spoke to us. And these are... No more than eighteen, nineteen years. He was a younger lad. Yeah, yeah. You know, their, their senior players are cleared off and left them to sort of deal with it. So I, I will say that Abingdon Town they have had a lot of um, financial problems in, in, within the last couple of years, um, and I don't think they've been able to train properly and that sort of thing. So there are there are uh, um, circumstances that have led to this. Yeah, we're obviously very aware. We I took over the club in the summer. You know, we had some issues previously with the past manager that. Yeah, like every club, when a new manager comes in, you have to you have to change things and sort of rebuild. And luckily, we're obviously in a, a stronger position. So, like I said, I do feel sorry for the seven or eight lads that were there. But you know, it was I, I, going out and have to explain to the fans. Yeah. To which the, bet, the highlight was one of their fans asking for his money back, and I did say to him, "Are you with me?" He said, "Town." I said, "Well." <laughs> might want to get your son to go back on the pitch and play then you, you, know, you might need to be asking and, for your money back are you, really are you a hard taskmaster did you make the lads do a sort of 45 minute training session or did you go straight to the bar luckily uh, there's a, I suppose a big crowd a few few mates for there I said well what if we get 11, 11 lads we'll play the second half we'll uh, we get on there but yeah. to be fair to the lads they were um, you know they, they they were annoyed but with it being Christmas time a few of them yeah. maybe I think the Stevens might have dropped in the second half, so they got back in at a point, and uh, we went from there. Really, there we are. Well, um, I don't know how you, how you, how do you, move, how are you getting on in the league this season? Uh, we're seconds. Um, you know, going into the game, they, they, they were. I don't know if they're at the bottom or second bottom. We're second top. We were, 
we were strong favourites. We got some very talented lads at the club, but it's a derby, so we said you know we needed to approach it right, and luckily my boys did, and you know, we we know we're in a strong position. We've just got to do the right things, and uh, yeah, just ninety the, minutes in. It's just a shame the signal it gives out to the. I know there's the youth football in in the Oxford area is very very strong, isn't it? They've got the Oxford Mayo League and very very strong, and hundreds of teams around the place. And just the signal that you can give up and go home, the signal that gives out is completely the wrong one. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I go back to my earlier point. So the oldest player we had on the pitch was 23. So all our players were mm. between that. And their younger lads were the ones that stayed behind, did the kit, did all the right things, come in the clubhouse afterwards and sort of explains the actions of what their more senior players. And I know a couple of them, you know, they're my age, sort of 30 plus. Yeah. I was a bit, like you say, it didn't give off a very good message. Um, but that's why I want to make the point that there were seven or eight of them that did do the right things. Any, any VAR at all at Abingdon United at the moment? Or? Well, one of one of my strikers, Nathan Kimber, certainly needed it. He missed from a yard out with no goal. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wish we had that footage of that. Call, but, yeah, he went Kimber, he's a disgrace. <laughs> he is. Yeah, 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 that'll be the drive phoning at four. Breaking news, Nathan Kimber. <laughs> hey, listen, he, Mark. He, said, he said he had three. I said, well, four's there. Yeah, he was Well, listen, good luck for the rest of the season, Mark. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much for coming on, uh, Mark Massing there, um, of Abingdon uh, United. Um, uh, the, the lad, Tomez, who sent all these tweets saying I'm at the game and they've all gone home, He's, he tweeted what appears to be the, the a sort of detailed response from the, the manager of Abington Town saying that at halftime the team made a joint decision not to return to the playing field they felt unsupported and undervalued by those higher in the club uh, as a manager of these lads I completely supported their decision um, they entered the dressing room of the home team after uh, I had spoken to the physio for Abington United shook hands informed them that they wouldn't be returning to the field for the second half I asked for help on many occasions nothing was provided um, and then he goes on to explain some of the issues The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. You're just making noises now. Goalie! Charlie, I don't think the end of the show. I love that. So just stay concentrated. Did you do that at Cambridge? Goalie! When no. the goalie comes towards you. Why no. would I do that? <laughs> That's what we do. Goalie! What, at, ah. to- at, to- at Torquay? Yeah. Is that what you do? Goalie! Why do you... Oh, what, when, they, when the away... Keeper when the comes away your end, comes yeah, up, yeah. you do the fake applause yeah. and then you make a, a gesture. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... Goalie! Stop, please stop doing that. <laughs> um, uh, Gary in Scarborough oh, uh, yeah. says, Our dads all decided when we were 17-1 down in Scarborough minor leagues under 12. Uh, uh, just, I was generally quite happy with it, but we have one mate who generally thought we could still put it back. He still won't speak to my dad, and he's 32 years old. I agree, well, I agree with you, mate. It's not about the result. When you're playing under 12 football, it's about playing the game. They've got to run around for 90 minutes, tire them out. Not about the result. 17 1, doesn't matter. Absolutely. Keep going. Absolutely tremendous. Um, uh, Max. Max. Oh, you do that one. Okay, Max. My Saturday team were 11 0 down with nine players. I was so fed up, I started to take the net down after 60 minutes. Uh, the ref basically begged me. Uh, to put the net back up, which I refused. Their striker helped him put the net back up and the game restarted. Oh. I proceeded then to take the net down again. <laughs> <laughs> so the ref consulted with their manager and abandoned the game. Oh, oh that is so interesting, isn't it? Um, just as a little bit of a right to reply, as a player of... This isn't me, this is um, a text, uh, yeah. someone on the text. As a player of Abingdon Town, I can fully vouch for Trenal, uh, the manager, as he has not been supported enough throughout the season. He's asked for support many times and has not been provided with the support. As a team, we haven't trained for at least two months due to the... Ch- won't say that. Not being allowed on the pitch. There's a lack of funding in the club. No training kit, no training, no expenses covered. Trinell has tried his hardest to improve the team's performance. However, it's hard without sufficient backing from the people above him. Thanks. So that's just the opposite. 
Uh, obviously, uh, nice. Yeah, good, good for balance. Thanks yeah. for getting in touch. We appreciate that. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.